Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And as always, drop those five stars. And you, we deserve the five stars today because we have a fire episode. Top 10 players of all time and making their list. Ready to discuss, debate, argue with each other. James, Gareth, and Azam, how are we? Oh, good, bro. Good. This was a tough list. When I first like considered this list, I was like, I think that'll be easy. You know, I have my own opinions, but after the top five, it gets really tough. It can be anybody, really. My yeah. five is solidified. I'm confident in my five. Mine's better. So, <laughs> so I actually did not make a list. Well, okay. So I did not include my list in y'all's list because it made the the full list way longer. We sure. all generally have the same top five, but. I think it might be an age thing, not to call y'all old, just me young. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I had Ronaldinho in my top 10, and none of you guys had him in, in yours. So I thought, for time and for the sake of the debate, it'd be probably more interesting if it's just you three. So let's get into it. 14 people um, on this list. Okay. Pretty good. Ooh. Everyone had the same number one. I'm sure the listeners can guess who that is, but let's start. I'm glad we all agree that Ronaldo is the greatest of all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) R9, R9, not. not (laughs) Yeah, yeah, obviously not that other loser. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's start off at the bottom. Only James had this player on his list. It's the man himself, Luis Suarez. I had Luis Luis Suarez Suarez. on my list. No, you didn't. I did. On your top ten. Yeah. I heavily considered him. I thought about him a lot, but I was uh, – I tried to go old school. Oh, sorry. Gareth was the only one who had him yeah. on the list, okay. not James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think James was just really I got confused, so confused. Though. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. My fault. <laughs> yeah, no. For me, Luis Suarez, the greatest striker of all time. Um, the reason why I say that, his prime outperformed R9, who most people consider to be the greatest number nine of all time. Um in uh, what you call it, in the Netherlands, outperformed R9. Um, had amazing, did it all over. I think ultimately, if we're going on talent, I would go, yeah, fair enough, R9. But over their entire career, I think those injuries took away from R9 and what he was actually able to do. And how I kind of did my list was I did it based on what they actually did rather than hypotheticals, who I thought was the best and all that. If it came down That's to like a really, a really minute thing where I'm like, these two are really even. I did just go with personal preference, but I tried to just keep it just what they actually achieved. And I think what R9 achieved was obviously incredible. I, I really considered him. And at first I had him, funnily enough, in ninth in my initial draft. But then other names were coming to my head or I was just like, actually, this guy deserves to be higher and stuff like that. I made all of those little internal debates within my own head and he just got bumped off to a... He would have been 11th, basically. Um but yeah, no, Luis Suarez for me is the greatest number nine of all time based on what he actually did. Um, like I said, his prime, I think, is the best. Um, the numbers speak for themselves, but watching that um, MSN together, and it does help that he had Messi yeah. and Neymar, of course, it does. Um, but he smashed Ronaldo's numbers to such a ridiculous degree that I think it kind of cancels out. Um his all-round game, his work ethic is just unreal, and that was matched throughout into his later years, winning the league with like Atletico, for example, um, which I think was just an, uh, another unreal achievement. One of his most impressive achievements, I think, to be for honest. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and also on the international stage, as much as R9 was uh, incredible in 1998, and then obviously 2002 when you won the World Cup as well. Um, what Suarez did uh, for Uruguay, a team nowhere near the same quality as Brazil, getting them to win that 2011 Copa America was amazing. That was my first Copa that I watched, um, and ever since then I just kind of like loved Uruguay. Um, he was the best player at that tournament, absolutely unreal. He was arguably um, the best all-round player at the 2010 World Cup. It, that one's and really, really... the best really defender. <laughs> best defender. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was going to ask... People will always use that handball against him. Because no. he's having an amazing... Oh, absolutely not. I, will, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I want that also, guy on my team. <laughs> Suar here's, here's the truth about that. Suarez the, was the one that was screwed. There was an offside in the build-up. It never should have happened. He shouldn't have been sent off. If that happens in VAR at day and age, uh, they should theoretically spot the offside, and he would never would have been sent off. Maybe then he could have been the difference in that semi-final. Yeah. Who knows? They're in the yeah, final. Right. Again, that's a hypothetical, but he was fantastic that World Cup, and I don't think he ever really gets the credit because Forland scored all the goals, but Suarez was unbelievable as well. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, but just to get in that thing about the handball because that's always <laughs> used against him. Um, no, I... I get yeah. what you're saying because, you know, it sounds weird because I didn't have him on my top 10 list, but I also think he's the greatest striker I've seen. I say he's the greatest striker I've seen, so why wouldn't he be on my top 10 list? But it was more over, like, his, his body of work, I would say. And for me, this was kind of the way I structured my list was about, like, I would say their peak, but also they had to have a good legacy. And I think R9 just has a really good balance of that. I mean, at his peak, he was just a force of nature. Uh, but it is a tough debate between those two for sure. So I respect you putting Luis Suarez on your list. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, Luis Suarez, I have like that little bias towards him. Play for Liverpool. Uh, and you're uh, a racist. <laughs> shh, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Um, yeah. Um, but like with Suarez, he had that season at Liverpool. It's top three Premier League season of all time. Yeah. He was, he's easily the best, the best Liverpool player ever, in my opinion. Like, no one comes close. He was just ridiculous. Really? That's oh, in my shot. opinion, yeah. In my opinion, you're yeah. talking about not what they did for Liverpool, but like the best player to just ever put on the shirt, right? Yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Yeah, okay. and I haven't got just any Liverpool players above him, I don't think. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the argument would be like Gerard, maybe, but Gerard doesn't know in this list. Yeah, yeah, I was exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good point. See, I had yeah. Gerard on my list, but oh, I, Rohan. Got I think it's good. Rohan threw his list out of here. We didn't even talk about Gerard. I did players like in my lifetime. Like I had no, I think that's a fair way to approach it as well. We'll get into it also. Gerard's on your. Oh God, we won't get that wrong hand. Another L for you. Who's Tam? You're moving like Delette now. Who's Tam? Okay, so who's next? Yes, it is Platini. Oh, good shout! Yeah, I had Platini on my list. This was a good shout. See, I would have put Platini because I wouldn't even thought of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he made ninth on my list. I mean, it was just what he did on the international stage as well as for club level. I mean, three ball and doors in a row. You know, we talk about, like, Lampard, you know, being someone that we like. Botini was like Lampard on steroids, you know. Mm. Uh, and he was graceful, too. I mean, I think he just gets forgotten about when we talk about players, you know. I think that 100%. almost for the current generation, we almost think of him as, like, an administrator, you know. Like, you think of Botini, you think of yeah. some wig in a suit for UEFA, Literally. you know. But people forgot he's one of the greatest players of all time. So, I mean, I think that, you know, I went with a lot of historical players on my list, which is normally not how I approach lists. I like to do players I saw for sure. But I just, I think that uh, 
there's been a lot of players in the past who have sort of slipped through the cracks in terms of like the discussion. Uh, some that still didn't even make my list, but Platini, I think I had to put him in there. Platini is someone I was really, really, really close on putting in. The, the reason why I hadn't is because out, out of the um, older players, he's one that I've seen less of. Um, old, sure. When I say older players, I just mean from before my lifetime. Interesting little fact. Um, I think in 1989, FIFA did this grand Ballon d'Or thing, and it went to Alfredo Di Stefano. But mm -hmm. on the public vote, Platini had about 60% of the vote, um, which just wow. shows, I mean, he was the most recent at that time. And this was based on... I think the three decades before that might yep. have been four decades. Yeah, the Super um, Ballon d'Or, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so obviously he was the most recent one there, so there was a bit of a bias there. But for the public opinion, he was like uh, clearly, and again, that public was French as well, so there is biases. <laughs> but you know, uh, no, it makes sense. E even if e even if he only had twenty percent of that, if it was a more global thing, he, c he probably would have done. People forget as well in the eighties. The whole debate was Maradona, Zico, and um, Platini at the Platini, time. Who, yep. was, who was the best? And it was only really after the '86 World Cup where everyone kind of just went, "Okay, it's Maradona," because because of what he did at that World Cup. Before then, the debate was really, really close. People would always agree, disagree um, on who, who they who they felt, especially in in Europe, because obviously Platini was the guy for Europe. But then when Maradona came over and Zico came over, they kind of got to learn a bit more about those guys. So. Yeah, um, he was unreal. Like you said, his, his peak was, was massive. But I think for me, it was just the fact that I don't really know enough about him to put him above the other guys that I had on there. He sure. easily could be on the list. Yeah, yeah Fair. Platini Fair. is a, Platini's a really, really good shout because especially those like early to mid-80s, he was part of that kind of magic front side. Easy for me, easy for me to say. Um, 1984 Euros, <laughs> he scored nine goals. Oh. That's a record. Yep. 86 Unreal. World Cup, he could have won. 82 World Cup, could have won if it was just a little bit more luck on his side. Mm. Um, that Juve side as well in the 80s, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, won three Ballon d'Ors. He scored the winning goal in the 85 European Cup final, although it wasn't a penalty <laughs> against Liverpool. Just watch it, not a penalty. Um, <laughs> Liverpool fan. However, it was about 10 yards outside the box. Um, however... <laughs> Let's be real here. His career has been phenomenal. And you're right about he just doesn't get remembered. And I think a lot of that's to do with what's happened with like Qatar and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. But phenomenal player. And he definitely very nearly made my top 10. No, he's a baller for sure. He's a baller for sure. And moving into 11th, we have our first tie. Followed by, this will be followed by two other ties. But 11th, Xavi and R9. So R9 was not on Garrett's list. And Xavi was actually the only one on Garrett's list, and Garrett had him seventh. Mm -hmm. So, um, Azam, how come? Yeah. How come you left Xavi off? Ah, uh, this was kind of a, kind of a tough one, you know, because again, I just felt like I tried to do the old guard with the new guard, and you know, Gareth with these Luis Suarez and Xavi callouts. For me, Xavi's the best midfielder I've ever seen. Um, I I believe so. Yeah. Um, but. I think there was a lot of players on my list that you'll see that are known for their sort of like versatility as well. And I think Chavi was, you know, very specialized. So I don't know. I'm trying to make an excuse for not having Chavi on. It was hard <laughs> after the fifth one. I, I total, I'm totally fine with Chavi being on a top 10 list. And as we sit here now, I feel like I should have had him on my list. Mm, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think with Chavi for me, it's like, he is the best midfielder. I've only recently admitted this to myself because I do prefer Iniesta in terms of watching. Um, 
and I, I love Iniesta as a guy. He's one of my favourite footballers of all time. Um, everything about him I absolutely love. But recently I just had to admit, I was watching some old Barcelona stuff and I just, I had to admit, I knew it all along, but I was just in such denial about it that <laughs> Xavi is better than Iniesta. Um, he is, he you, is. Yeah, you're right to say um, he is very much more, like very much in his own mould. And if you mm-hmm. put him... Like you chuck him in the Stoke team and he's nowhere near the same, you know. That's an yeah. extreme example, but I mean, he could have gone to like Arsenal and been fantastic. Absolutely. He could have gone to, yeah. I think, most top teams, but he wasn't as adaptable as, say, um, uh, someone like like a Zidane or like a Platini, even mm-hmm. um, uh, some of the other midfielders that might be on this list. Um, even Iniesta, who would play on the wing, could play like that shabby role, could play just like a typical eight. He could do all sorts of things. But for me, Xavi, that 2010 World Cup was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I think it's uh, uh, it's tough because I love Perlo 2006 as well. But those are, for me, the two best midfield um, World Cups, along with uh, Mateus in 1990. Um, and the Alexis McAllister. Alexis oh, McAllister, 2022. Up there. <laughs> up there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, that, that Xavi one, I think is number one. What he did for so many years for Barcelona, his peak is absolutely unreal. Uh, I had to, like when I went back and looked at the stats a couple of months ago, I was like shocked. I was like, I don't remember him getting this many assists. Did, um, did he get four assists in the Classico once? Am I dreaming that? Was that the six-two one? I know that he yeah. assisted a few Messi's goals in that. One. Hey, I think he's second all time on the La Liga assist charts. I might be wrong oh. there, but I think yeah. Xavi's. That's Actually, impressive number for like two. his position. That's really exactly. impressive. Exa- yeah, because his main role was dictating the play. So, yeah, yep. for me, um, I, th- I think he's the best midfielder. Well, he's not actually... Uh, technically, there's another player on this list who I put above him who was a midfielder, but he's not in there for his midfield play. Yep. You might be able to guess who that is. But for me, he's the, the best midfielder of all time. I think the 2008 Euros, 2010 World Cup, mm. 2012 Euros, it would be hard to find a three-tournament stretch as good as what Xavi did in those in those tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just thought, yeah, pretty much. I just He was one of those. He's like 12, 13 for me. Oh. And I am one of those people, like, I just prefer an attacking midfielder. Sure. Like, Cringe. But he's, like, let's, let's be real here, he's incredible. He does. He does deserve being top ten, in my opinion, but not in my top. Gareth, 10. we'll we'll talk about it on another podcast. But I figured out the perfect way to separate Xavi and Iniesta. We'll we'll talk about it on a different day because okay. it's a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, we did. Um, so tied with Xavi was R nine, right? Yes, R nine. Yeah. So I I've already spoken about him and why I put uh, Luis Suarez above. But do you guys want to speak about him? Yeah, I mean, I kind of talked about him. I think that. You know, he, especially like even you watch like some of his highlights from that first year at Barcelona um, or his only year. Right. Yeah. Um, and Robson's uh, yeah. And uh, his highlights for Brazil and then even Inter Milan. I, he was just a freak of nature. I think he was the most talented player to play the striker position. You know, mm. I think what Gareth says is right. Luis Suarez, I think over the body of his career, had a better career than R9. But um, you combine R9's freakish potential with what he ended up winning. I mean, he, he won pretty much everything there is to win as everything well. Everything except the Champions League. Everything except the Champions League. And he League, was in the Milan squad when they won it. Yeah. 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 Cup tied. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just up until, what was it, the the 2014 World Cup, 
he was the top World Cup goal scorer of all time, too. You know, he mm. did it at the, the best stage consistently, even when he had sort of dropped off. You know, I mean, I remember watching him when he was on Madrid, where he was clearly not the same player, but he would still score goals and he still mm. had all the class and talent in the world. His first touch was phenomenal, the way he used his body. Um, I mean, yeah, I've always been in awe of R9, so he had to make my list. Do yeah. you guys the um, best striker, go- not the greatest, is how I put it? Yeah, so that's fair. Do Do you guys know what um R nine's first European game was? As in, like a, a European competition, so like UEFA Cup. Out of interest. No, I don't. PS. But no, was it PSV? It was, played for? It was PSV PS- versus Stal Bucharest. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, and he scored a hat trick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, fair play. Very, very good player. It, it was back then. It was brilliant. Rooney did that as well. Who? Wayne. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the White Pele, as the English media called him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I was between all the... I mean, I put another defender on my list that I just think... I really tried to give a nod to like these great legacy players that I just don't think get talked about enough anymore. So Maldini dropped off my list, but again, that that bottom five, it could have been anybody. He could have mm. easily been there. I think it was as simple as when I was making my bottom five of the ten, like I saw him and he just didn't like speak to me as much as some of the other players did. But I mean, phenomenal player. Uh phenomenal left back, you know, and then into a center back. What he what he did throughout his career is phenomenal. I feel bad that he never won a World Cup too. That would have been cool if he was on that. Could have just yeah. inched into that two thousand six yeah. side. Runner up, wasn't he? Um ninety four. Yeah, mm-hmm. ninety four when they lost on penalties. And then um, he'd have a pretty much undefeated resume. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He's like, I had him in my list. Where did I have him? I had him in ninth on my list. And same again, say same as Asim, like, and I'm sure you, James, as well. Like, he could have been bumped off, but I, I thought I had to have him on that. I didn't want to not give respect to the defenders, um, and I given so much to the more attacking players. So that is part of the reason I put him on. But um, for Milan, what he did uh, both at fullback and at centre back. Uh, and and to adapt to both both positions as well, he wasn't like just this defensive uh, fullback. He was someone who could get forward, especially for the time. Um, usually, you wouldn't get very very many attacking fullbacks, but he would do so more than others. He wasn't the most adventurous, but um, he was so, he was very technically gifted. Um, and also, part of the reason I had to have him on here was uh, as a leader. Um, when I look at someone like a Jordan Henderson, I think is it's not just what he brings within his own game. Like that, I think is easily replaceable for Liverpool, for example. But what he brings as a leader um, is is so so great. And Maldini had that quality as well uh, for Milan and and for Italy as well. Um, one thing I will say, because a lot of people say he's the greatest defender of all time and all that, which. Uh, I do agree with in terms of like a, a traditional defender at least, um, mm-hmm. but he did get to play with the likes of Nesta, the likes of Baresi. Like he had these great players around him, then really solid midfields in front of him as well. So it's always easier, but then you can say that for most top players. Like I said with Luis Suarez earlier, it was much easier to play with Messi and Neymar than it would have been to play, you know, in Stoke, as is always the example I go to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I had, Ma- I had Maldini in my top ten. And like it, the longevity is ridiculous. Playing for twenty five years, he played against a prime Maradona and an early prime Cristiano Ronaldo, which is mind blowing. Um, yeah. Twenty three trophies, five Champions Leagues, scoring the quickest goal in the Champions League final as well, which is just uh, pretty cool. Yeah. 
and the defensive mm-hmm. numbers are insane. Like conceding less than twenty goals in multiple Serie A seasons, a joke. Mm-hmm. He was world class as both a centre back and a left back. He even started his career as a right back. That was very brief. Strong tackler, quick, two footed. And I've got a random fact for you here. Maldini's played in eight Champions League finals. In the five that he's won, he only conceded once. And that was a Dirk wow. header in the 89th minute in his yeah, final Champions League one. final. <laughs> That's mad. That blows my mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. And it's just like a shame he never won with Italy. Like, he lost on a penalty shootout on, on the yep. golden goal in the Euro 2000. Mm. Like... So if you're wondering where Rohan is, he unfortunately had to drop out due to technical issues. So I'll be taking over the list going forward. And as we said, we had a two-way tie in ninth, which was Maldini and Herd Muller, who was only on James's list. But you had him sixth, though. You rated him quite highly, James. Talk us through this. Yeah, I just think he's dead underrated, really. Um, like I've always said this, 722 goals in 768 games. What more can you say? Scored in, what, two out of three European Cup finals he played in. Scored in the Intercontinental Cup final. Scored, like, scored 34 goals in the European Cup overall, which were all knockout games. And he only played in six seasons of the European Cup, winning it three times in a row, which is just a joke. Not bad. Uh, out-and-out goal scorer, which just at the time was the, what you wanted out of a striker. You didn't want like that incredible work rate, the passing, whatnot. He was a striker. 68 mm-hmm. goals in 62 games, West Germany. Uh, yeah, positive goal to game ratio only played in the Euros once and the World Cup twice winning both competitions and scoring 18 goals in those three That's competitions which is 15 stat. games yeah. um, all, and I've shown Gareth this so Jeff Hurst and Mbappe are the only players to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final Gerd Muller got absolutely robbed of one in 1974 he scored his goal he scored a second goal which was given offside which was comfortably onside and if that was given uh, near the near the end of uh, the game, at th- which would have been at three one, uh, West Germany had a clear penalty denied. Which okay, Brighton took penalties, but a three one World Cup final, good Muller probably yeah. taken. I just think yeah, he's dead underrated. Brighton wouldn't let him have it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Hair. I I really wanted to put Muller on my list. The only reason why I didn't is just I don't know as much about him. And what I knew about him was that he was an all out goal scorer. And I felt like there's a lot of players on my list again who I said were very versatile. But also, if I put him on my list, you know, I wouldn't have had much to talk about because my Kurt Muller knowledge is, is very poor. I just know he scored a lot of goals. So, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts, Gareth? How come he didn't crack your top 10? Oh, can I just say the 85-goal year as well? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, Messi broke. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Messi broke his record. Um, yeah, no, I was v- very close again with Muller. Um, and again, like I just felt like part part of the reason was I felt like I had had uh, a lot of attacking players on there as well. I wanted to give like a bit more of a balance to different names. I agree with you, James. I think he's I think he's potentially the most underrated footballer of all time, at least in terms of when it comes to these all time t- debates. And potentially I'm included in that because I haven't put him in the top ten, and James has put him at sixth, which I don't think is a crazy shout. Um, there is an argument that he he is the greatest striker of all time. Um, at least when we're talking about out-and-out strikers, because I know like Pele played there and Ronaldo did play there, Cristiano, that is. Um, R9, Luis Suarez, as we've already spoken about. But I think Muller is in that conversation as well, for sure. Um, his numbers speak for themselves. Um, and he was, I think, more... Like, when I've watched... The games I've watched him in, anyway, he was more hard-working and m- better at link-up play than people make out. Um, 
they make out like he's just like this in the box poacher and that's all he was um but he did have more of an all-round game to him than that as well so um i love him uh, when i did my all-time world cup uh, 11 video um i put him as my striker for his 1970 performance not the not the world cup he won um the one where he scored 10 goals because he was just inevitable in that world cup um until well until he wasn't <laughs> until they lost <laughs> he still scored two uh, that game but yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he should have done better. Well, he, he, he needed to do better. Or, or arguably his defence let him down. No. Um, yeah. But no, I like. I, th- I think he's incredible. And like I say, I think the only real reason I, I left him off was because of the, 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 the sheer competition. On another day, he maybe sneaks into my list. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on, we have another two-way tie for seventh place. It's... Di Stefano and Zinedine Zidane. So let's start. Who puts Di Stefano on this list? I put Di Stefano on my list. Absolute fraud. You absolute. I want to hear. I want you to go first. He's just not, is he? Like I get it. I get it. You know, he's won a lot, scored some goals. His record isn't actually that great, and I get it's about more than just you know numbers Mm -hmm. and all that. But his numbers do not compare to the greats. Um, He was played in a ridiculous team for the time that was just able to kind of bully other teams i think um i have i have a big issue with real madrid in this time period anyway because i, just I get think that i get ent- that too their entire the way they run the club and the way spain was at the time is just just a disgrace um yeah I, d- I don't think he's anywhere near the conversation and like you know top 20 sure but like there's just so many other guys that i put above him um i haven't watched all that much of him so like people who are older maybe would be like no you don't understand <laughs> but i'm sorry that's just li- their little nostalgia and you know their their little you know well, and, and also I'll, there's yeah, very sorry. few people who actually watched that much di stefano because there wasn't that much tv in those days um and it was only people who went to the games who would have watched a lot of him um so I, this is why I, yeah it's hard for me to judge but it's hard for anyone else to say 100% that he's better than all these other players. So you're an absolute fraudasm. <laughs> I'm really annoyed with you. But no, I was really hoping that someone would put him on well, this. I'll be honest, he was 10th on mine for that very reason. I'll be honest, he made my list just mainly based on... I've watched a lot, as much as I can of Di Stefano, mm. right? Because yeah. he's always been someone who's interested in me, the way people talk about him. And that's kind of why he made my list was the way other players talk about him. They say he was the most complete player ever, the greatest player ever. You know, Some of the greats like Pele has you know only glowing words for him. So I always think I'm like, am I missing something here? In terms of like, I didn't get to watch him that much. But when I did, he seemed like he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the field. I know he played on a great team that bullied people. Mm. But even his like feints and tricks and his body movements, it's very modern in a lot of ways too. He which was I the think, best you know, player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, at the time, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of why he made my list. But, you know, he made my list mainly on name recognition and how other historical players have spoken about him. Yeah. Like, he made my list because – Again, this is the, oh, you're the greatest. Well. This is like <laughs> this is the the ten greatest. So what what uh, like their career, like that also helps. So like, mm-hmm. his career is fascinating. So he was a part of the first great River Plate side, won four league titles in the forties, and then he moved to that road Colombian league that split from FIFA, known as Al Dorado. I don't know how many people know about it, um, but players were paid a large sum of money and their contracts weren't actually recognised by FIFA. Loads of great players went um, and played in there, and Di Stefano was the figurehead of it all. He was the big player, and it's considered like Colombia's golden generation of uh, league football, even though it wasn't legit, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. And then his move to Spain was full of controversy. This is why I like him because his career is just great in general. <laughs> like originally it was so originally it was agreed upon that he'd play two seasons at Real and then two seasons at Barca. However, Barca decided to sell half their share because fans weren't happy about it. And just that vastly increased the rivalry between the two sides, which in turn has made, made this incredible El Clasico. Of course, I'm waffling. Eight La Ligas, <laughs> five European Cups, in which he scored in all five finals. And he's the biggest part of that first great Madrid side. You know, Copa America, two Ballon d'Ors. I just think his career is top ten. Yeah, no, I agree. When you think of greats of the game, you think of Di Stefano, you know. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I will apologize to Big Alfredo. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I do respect him a lot. I just I just think, you know, the, the other and players he did get that kidnapped, are in contention. By the way. Oh, yeah, but we can't just keep, I'd be handing out pity. You know, p- pity. <laughs> well, let's some quotes he about him. The day Michelle got released. <laughs> Michelle, Platini, <sighs> Michelle Platini called him a great amongst the greats. Eusebio and Just Fontaine said he was the most complete footballer in the history of the game. And when you look at the quotes, that's what just keeps coming up, how complete he was. He could play anywhere but across that's like, the pitch. I know that's easier in that day, you know, to do that. But also, but, you know. the, the quotes thing. That's just like who they like knew what growing up. For sure, absolutely, and things you know, things have surpassed that. But I do think that there is something to say to be said for standing out in your air, which is normally not mm. how I approach lists, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because the game evolves and everything, but for the top ten of all time, I kind of did who dominated their era, who was considered the great, and I gave credence to that because otherwise, I would have been sitting here with a very very modern list, and you mm. know that's not very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think also um, I mentioned the, what, what was it called? The Super Ballon d'Or or whatever it was called. Yeah. He did win that. He did uh, win that. Which end. is He didn't win the yeah. public vote, which <laughs> was definitely French bias. But um, uh, he did win from like all like past Ballon d'Or um, voters and then also um, uh, just the, what was it, French football, um, their vote. He didn't win the public vote, but he won the other two, I think. And yeah. Ultimately ended up winning the, the award in general. Um, and and for sure, like he was the best player in his era. And if you take eras out of it and just go, you pick the best from each era, he would definitely be in the conversation. But I do think there were other players where it's like in another era, like for example, you could argue that I- in the eighties you had Maradona and Platini. You could argue both of those are better than him. But you know, yeah, yeah, of it course. is uh, yeah, the game I, evolves, you know. And I just, I just, I, I want, I wanted to have my little rants about him and i'm glad like bring it back bring it back and just be like i, I do respect him and, and everything but it's just it was fun to have the little rant so let's move on to the guy he was tied with zinedine zidane who was not on james's list so should we start gareth we'll start with you gareth why is he on your list and where was he on your list he was number eight on my list and again like everyone who's in that kind of well I think top six, yeah, top six was, they were all guaranteed in my list. Sixth mm-hmm. place I could have mm-hmm. put a little bit lower, maybe on another day. Top five was always guaranteed to be what it was. But 10 to seven, I could have swapped off with another 10 players, basically. Any any which one of them. Zidane is just, for me, like one of these things, like uh, the way he played the game was just simply ridiculous. Um, he had, he's... I think the perfect midfielder you want adapting into any team. So I spoke about Xavi, how I think he's the best, but Zidane, he went to many different places, was successful everywhere. He went, won everything there was to win. Um, I, I mean, 
he's arguably the greatest midfielder of all time in many people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, an opinion I shared until I, you know, reluctantly accepted that Xavi is the is the best. In my new opinion, um, yeah, and I just think he's just unbelievable to watch, unbelievable. And it is, uh, you know, again, like for talking about someone like Di Stefano, there isn't as much footage out there. I didn't grow up watching him, so there is always like that little debate you could have back and forth someone mm-hmm. old, much older who did watch this Di- Stefano um, maybe would you know absolutely rave about him or someone older who mm-hmm. did watch Platini would probably say no he was better than Zidane um, yeah. but but for me from what I've seen I couldn't leave I didn't feel like I could leave him off the list even though I easily could have done just based on who else was there available yeah, yeah, I mean, that's uh, for me, Zidane I had Zidane at seventh on my list. Sick, um, he was and a lot of people would have him higher. A lot of people would have him, you know, top five. Uh, I think that he is, in terms of pure talent, he absolutely belongs on this list. You know, the most talented players who have ever played the game. You know, he seemed like he could do everything. He was graceful on the pitch. I do think his legacy is a bit buoyed by his World Cup performances. He was a bit mm. inconsistent sometimes in the league, but he made his living in the biggest moments. But that's what you want from your players, you know? Yeah. Um, so... For me, that 2006 World Cup was the first World Cup I ever watched. And I will forever remember that Brazil performance. As someone who was yes. just getting into watching mm. the sport, even I, you know, I think that's some some people would say that's a, that's a performance that, like, seasoned, you know, mm. uh, watchers would uh, ex- appreciate. But for me, even as someone, like I said, first World Cup, I was just in awe of him. You know, I, it was mm. like every touch was perfect. And he was playing – I think what was cool about Zidane when you watch him is in a lot of ways different than other players. Maybe only like Xavi kind of fits this mold. It's like everybody else was at a different rhythm than him. He looked like he was in his own bubble where time was warped around him, you know, and he just played to his own pace. In that game in in particular, it's played at such a high pace and everyone's rushing around. And there's two players on the pitch who I think kind of actually played really, really well. One of them is Makalele, who just snuffed out everything that the Brazil attackers were trying to do, um, which in part kind of made way for Zidane to then just play at his own game. And yeah. you see, like, there's multiple times, I rewatched the game over the summer, um, and so, like, <laughs> it's fresh in my mind, having obviously watched it uh, younger as well. And watching it back, it was like, I got, like, the same feelings as well. But everyone's rushing around. You see, like, Thierry Henry make a mistake. The ball uh, bounces off to... Zizou, and then he just like does this little cute skill, and then just just knocks it off to like Vieira or something. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, everyone else is rushing around. All these world class players like being overcome by the situation. Obviously, Thierry Henry ends up getting the goal from Zizou's assist. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, everyone had a fairly not a bad game, but like they were just rushing things, making mistakes and stuff. And then you see Zizou head and shoulders above all those other great players. Um, it's just it, it's hard to ignore, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, now that we've ranted about Zizou, let's have James bring us back down to earth and talk about why he might have fallen off your list. But I feel like I know why too. Oh no, well, he originally he was sixth on my list. It's it's just mm-hmm. one of those like I just prefer other players to be honest. Yeah, and well, whenever I think I whenever, whenever I think of Zidane, I just more think of I think of the Brazil performance and moments, and then that's about yeah. it. Um, which is silly, I know. It's just how I think. What what's great about Zidane? He was you no know, he played in three specific great sides, France, Real Madrid, and Juve. He is the key player in all of those teams, which is mm. ridiculous. This is a Real Madrid side, Galatsko, R nine, Beckham, Figo, Raul, 
Casillas, whoever you want. He is the main guy, which is just remarkable. Gucci. He's a phenomenal player. Oh, Gooty, what a boy. A, a true maverick of the game. <laughs> Scored. Better than Zidane. I, I, right. Gabriel I don't think it's, the, it's not the best Champions League <laughs> final goal of all time. Fernando I still Gaga. think I still think Bales is better, but yeah, I yeah. still think Zidane yeah, is I the agree. greatest. I still think Zidane is the greatest Champions League final goal, uh, goal of all Correct. time. And of course, that iconic headbutt. Just oh, unreal. You want to end it on like a talkable moment? That is it. That well, is I think also... Yeah, sorry, Gareth. I was just going to say very quickly, that is also part of the reason I put him in, is like the personality on the pitch as well. Yes. Not just the headbutt, but like his ability to like fight and scrap when he needed to was great. Obviously, that was one where he actually let his team down, but yeah. Well, I think that headbutt almost speaks to his greatness because I remember, again, first World Cup I've ever watched, I wasn't into the scene, and I thought, wow, that is going to define this guy's career. It's going to overshadow everything he's ever done. And that was kind mm. of a talking point amongst people at the time, you know, you know, what a way to go out. Will this tarnish anything? Absolutely not. He was too good no. for that to tarnish mm. everything. It's just like a little asterisk, almost like a funny moment. Do you realize how good you legacy. have to be to get a red card <laughs> in the World Cup final with a game on the line? And it's just a funny moment for your career because everything <laughs> yeah. else you did was even greater. You it's know, almost that speaks to it. Well. Yeah, because he and was arguably no, his, um, man of the match up until that point. Obviously, yeah, Perlo yeah, absolutely. Okay in the end, but yeah. Can I just say his numbers as well? They're not great. That didn't matter. Like, mm. like Lav, yeah. you mm-hmm. look at it like, oh, his goals and assists are terrible. That didn't matter. He used, mm. Especially at Juve, he played with two strikers in front of him. He just get the ball in the right position for the strikers to then they, then they do their thing. That was mm. Zidane's game. Goals and assists overall didn't matter as long as they came at the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to a non-tie. So, holding down sixth place in their own... I'm going to let Gareth speak to this first because uh, I he's pretty high on your list. Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. Um, he is the, the he was the player I was talking about with Shabby. Technically, he started his career as a midfielder um, mm-hmm. and was a very, very good midfielder as well. You know, um, I, there's this great performance uh, from him in 66 against England um, and in, in midfield. Um, and, you know... It's not like this iconic moment, because partially because of what he went on to achieve as a defender. But like, he was a very good midfielder. But then, obviously, he drops back into defence and he kind of revolutionises the way that defending is played. Um, you not not that there weren't big defenders, because Bobby Moore, for example, wasn't very tall at all. But um, in the way he would bring the ball out from the back, and in times he would be in the opponent's box, and then have to run back and, and get <laughs> back just a, a kind of a ridiculous game which is not just uh based on his technical ability or his intelligence uh in the positioning but also just like athleticism for those days especially like to be that fit to play that role very very few could have could have done that i was having this conversation on twitter today i was trying to make the point to be fair i was doing it in a way where i was, I was purposely winding the guy up because i knew i could because <laughs> um, we're, uh, we're talking about van dyke and i said at his peak, I don't think as a defender in history who could have done what Van Dyke did um, in that Liverpool team, playing that specific role. And it, and then I I added him because he wasn't initially in the conversation. I said, but, uh, you know, Maldini could couldn't do this, and you know maybe he could, maybe he could adapt to it. But the point was nobody did do that. Um, nobody has done what Van Dyke did, and people have played a similar role to what Beckenbauer's uh, done since. Um, nobody's done it as well, I don't think. Um, and he was, you know, the first to do it, to revolutionise that position as well. Um, 
yeah, just an unbelievable player. Obviously, he's won so much. Uh, I don't have everything he's won, but multiple Bundesliga titles, um, the ch- uh, Champions Leagues or European Cups as they were at the time, the World Cup, uh, the Euros, of course, as well. Part of that great Germany and Bayern team. Um, and arguably the most important part, some people would argue that uh, Gerd Müller um, was also a, a huge part of that. Some other fantastic players. Breitner is an absolutely unbelievable player, one of my favourite players of all time. Uh, what a haircut he had. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, great team. but uh, And it's one of my favourite periods um, of football uh, that you know that mid-70s period um, the Germany team was unbelievable um, and also I want to say as well because there's this thing with Beckenbauer that Germany as a country this is like not footballing but it's one of these things which I think does matter as well and speaks to his legacy a lot Germany as a country coming out of World War Two I was literally divided um, but then also it was just really struggling for an identity uh, of, of itself and uh, in 1954 they won the World Cup they were underdogs in the final and it was all this thing and there was this idea in Germany that it was a little bit embarrassing to to be the underdogs and it was great to have that story but they really wanted to be because they'd previously been this like world power um, and they wanted to you know be that again they wanted to be an important country and they didn't want to have this dark cloud over them and the football team helped lift them out of that uh, and Beckenbauer was the, the spearhead behind that, behind a new Germany. Um, and he's kind of the face of that on a global stage, especially. And he really helped uh, reimagine their image for the better, which I think uh, it shows how powerful uh, sport can be in washing a country's image, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for one thing. But also, I think that's one one time it worked uh, for the for the better of the country and the world. And I think that's, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Beckenbauer as well. James, where did you have him on your list? Uh, did I have him seventh, I believe? Um, sure. Seventh, all right. Um, yeah, basically, just echo what Gareth says. Literally, to the word. There's not much. <laughs> only, thing, only thing I've got to say, really, is that age 35, after his little spell in the uh, NESL, Beckenbauer returned to the Bundesliga with uh, big rivals Hamburg and then won the league title with them. Age 35 as well, that's like 45 yeah. in that, that, that era. Two Ballon d'Ors, with one of them being in Gerd Muller's 85 goal year, kind of sums it up. Just a Which phenomenal many player. people argue he didn't he didn't deserve, but <laughs> I mean, he still got the award. Yeah, yeah. Muller was unbelievable that year as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Beckenbauer was the only defender, quote unquote, defender on my list. Which you know, I think he shows kind of like where I approach my list. I always just you know gravitate to those mm. more, more forward thinking players. So the only defender I ever picked was as forward thinking as it gets. But um, <laughs> can yeah, I, I mean, can I. I um, do you mind if I just yeah. put in? Um, I, yeah, the only course. reason I had him over Maldini was because that Beckenbauer like defined a specific role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense, whereas Maldini was another centre half, another left back. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's I I think it's totally fair to have Beckenbauer ahead of Maldini. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I think of him as a player, I don't like James said. I don't think I could have summed it up better than what Gareth said. That was that was great. So. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> we'll move on to number five. Um, on his own, but he was fourth on all of our lists. Johan Cruyff. Who he wants to take it away? James, you go. Speak to oh, me about Cruyff. I love Johan Cruyff. Love him. He's this weird, he's this very weird dude. He's very specific. He's very upfront. Says it as it is. But what a beautiful footballer to watch. Absolutely ridiculous. The I mean, total football didn't start with the Dutch. I think it started in Burnley. Crazy. 
There's a whole story about that. Um, <laughs> but it like it became really popular with Ajax, Cruyff, um, uh, what was the manager's name? Uh, Rinus Mikkels. Rinus, yeah. Like re- just beautiful football. That's when beautiful football came, became famous. Won three European Cups in a row. Then he joins Barcelona. And Barca hadn't won a league title for 12 years, I want to say. Um, because they, for a long time, they weren't allowed, just those guys weren't allowed to buy um, non-Spanish players because of the uh, regime, which is just hilarious. Um, okay. they signed Alfredo, bit fraudulent. <laughs> bit fraudulent. <laughs> yeah. That's true, that's true. That's yeah, can, no, 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 can I, no, no, no. Only Barcelona couldn't buy Spanish players, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah still. Still, <laughs> still yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he joins them. They hadn't won the league for like 12 years. First season, goes and, win, goes and wins the league. Like, brilliant rejoins Ajax wins league titles and then that final video I made where he just last season 36 are oh, you too old blah 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 goes and wins the league goes and win goes and wins a cup player of the season just a great player for me we talk about like you know the greatest players of all time and it's sort of like it's almost like a four-man battle now a lot of people have with like you know Messi Pele Ronaldo Maradona um, I feel like Cruyff is allowed to sit at that table absolutely yeah. with them. You know, I feel like I feel so like influential. They they say that the top four is locked. I think the top five is locked. I think Cruyff mm. is absolutely in that top five. Um, I, I question you guys. Where do you think Cruyff's legacy ends if he does get over the hump and wins that World Cup? I think if if he does that, I think he he's viewed similarly to Maradona. Yeah, I agree. Part of yeah. me, I really, I again, this is maybe, uh, this is an internal debate I have um, because it's it's so hard. I think that they're more or less on the same level, to be honest, in mm-hmm. terms of the ability. Um, I think Maradona played for, a lot of his career anyway, played for um, teams where he had to be more the main guy, uh, whereas Cruyff played in more complete teams is the polite way I'm going to, uh, put it because I really like Napoli and I don't want to insult them. Um, <laughs> but even Napoli fans, like they know that as well. Um, yeah, but I think if if he does win it, I, th- I think people, you know, hold him in that. Especially that era, I think winning the World Cup just put you at, s- at another level, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, with the World the Cup, same, he had. it's Platini. Ha- yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, seventy four, absolutely unreal. His house gets burgled, and that's part of why he doesn't play in 78. And um, it's really frustrating. I hate that burglar, because I really want to know <laughs> what would have happened if he had played yep. in 78, because Netherlands reached the final. They lose 3-1 to an Argentina team being heavily favoured by referees, if we're, if we're being honest, in uh, an Argentina where uh, you know there's a brutal uh, military dictatorship that mm-hmm. I think paid FIFA to make sure they won the World Cup. Because what? if you look, if you watch back some of the games, <laughs> if you watch no back way. some of the games, and you you look at that uh, Peru performance, which was <laughs> a weird, you know, you wouldn't usually see a six 0 in a game like that. Like Wasn't that. the Peru goalkeeper um, Argentine, like born in Argentina, or something weird like that? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise was. me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I don't know if he would have ended up winning it for that reason. I am. Um, and he certainly would have helped. Yeah, that's, the, yeah, yeah. That's not to take away from like what that Argentina team did. Pasarea, absolutely fantastic. Kempes, Kempes, oh, yeah, one of my favourites. Um, I love, I love that, and you know, th- you know, it's, it is what it is. But maybe he would have gone and won that, and maybe then his legacy has looked at totally differently. Um, yeah, for me, I think there's a very good argument to say he's uh, close to Maradona 
ultimately the reason why I don't have him above is is that World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it it's a completely different story if he does win that. Um, yeah, I completely agree that he's it is a top five, and for me, I kind of know I know my top five. I don't know the order. Um, all the time because I will still go back and forth on on a couple of the things. Totally, I can never make up my mind 100%. The only one that's 100% confirmed in his position is number one, yeah. um, especially after what happened uh, at the end of last year. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just oh, I love Cruyff, and part of the reason I love him is is what wait, happened. especially what happened at the end of last year. Do you mean uh, moving to Al Nasser? And, uh, uh, well, no, I just mean Messi no, solidified. I'm kidding. I'm Messi, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it was no debate before that, but you know, there we go. It was, it was ended. Um, but yeah, part of the reason I love Cruyff so much is what he did after he stopped playing football, and that's where I think, yeah. for me, he's the he's the greatest figure in football, not player. most influential. Yeah, yeah, but um, what he did as a player, what he did as a manager, and then what he did behind the scenes at Barcelona, created what La Masia was, or like he forged it into what it became you don't have a Messi without him and again we're getting on to things which aren't him as a player but just him as a person what he means to football overall I think is just unbelievable and then as a player if you actually go back and watch it he's so far ahead of his time um, I think mm-hmm. in terms of how he played the game and that's not to say there weren't great players at that time I think there are some players who also were ahead of their time but I think someone like a Gerd Müller as we spoke about before is very much of his time he was just an unbelievable player in his time I think Cruyff is a kind of player you could drop in any generation, and his talent speaks for itself. He was an unbelievable athlete, um, and I think he, he just would have been insane in any era. Um, can I just say, um, the Peruvian goalkeeper was from Argentina, Ramon Caroga, <laughs> yeah. born in Rosario, Santa Fe. Mm. Well, speaking of Argentina, we'll go on to number fourth, which surprised me, but I get it. Diego Maradona in number fourth. So... He was fourth on James' list. Uh, I'll be honest, he was third on mine, but he bounces back between second and third for me all the time. I thought he was third on mine, to be fair. Oh, there may be a notation error here. Maybe Maradona got uh, got gypped. He's third on mine. Yeah, he was. He's uh, third on mine as well. You for putting Uh, third on yours. Uh, That's because you're supposed to. Yeah, I'm supposed to be. I try to be as unbiased as possible, and um, I mean, there's the person second. Is, he is fourth hard. on mine, but I think that okay. was an accident. Sure, I mean, hey, <laughs> right. well, again, we, I yeah. Sorry, keep going. Should, should we? Uh, if if he goes third on James as James, who do you then put in fourth? Soon. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think okay. Cristiano would be fourth. So I think that's the official list then. Cristiano, yeah. get move. Get, get it. <laughs> Come on, get you're it. going in. Fourth. All right. So are we going to go on to Ronaldo then? We're putting yeah. him down to fourth. Get All right, let's out. talk about Ronaldo. Ronaldo Get was second on my list. He was second on my list. Fair enough. Oh, maybe that would change things, actually. No, 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 because right now he's on – they're they're one point a- apart from each other. Maradona's oh, on okay. 23 points. So this would – that would swing the balance in favor in Ronaldo. Yeah. So let's talk about Ronaldo. In, uh, obviously, I had him second. I'll be honest. I had him second because I think he is – it's actually getting to the point now. I think the discourse between Messi and Ronaldo has sort of poisoned the image of almost both of them in a way, you know, mm. where people look to sort of do point scoring on them. This guy's a bad game, that guy. And people have looked to point out all of Ronaldo's flaws because he's not as a complete of a player as some of the other players on this list. Mm. But I think that uh, he's still, for me, even in his prime, he was a ph- he was a phenomenal dribbler, an underrated dribbler, I mm. think, at this point yeah, now. Yeah, um, A force of nature. You can't be... 
for me that good for that long and score as many goals as he did and win as many things as he did. And like, you know, I just can't discount it. He had to, he had to end up number two for me. Um, James, where did he end up on your list? Well, I think we just found out, right? Fourth. Yeah, fourth on mine. <laughs> what more can you say about him? Like over 800 goals, five Europe, five Champions Leagues. Um, phenomenal at Juve, Real Madrid, Manchester United. Would probably make their all-time team in every single one, maybe besides Juve. Uh, maybe that, maybe that might depend on like what era you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And there's, it's so easy to get done by recency bias with Ronaldo, like very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he was just ridiculous. This machine goal scorer, and when I think he started out on the right, didn't he? And then yeah, yep. Then I believe it was Rennie Mullenstein at Manchester United just told him to get in the box more. And what a masterstroke that was. As simple as that. <laughs> 800 goals later, here he is, scoring goals at Al-Nasser week in, week out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like some of the goals he scored as well. That, like you say, underrated dribbler. He's actually the top assister in Champions Leagues, I believe. Don't get me wrong. It's a flawed start, but it's yeah. still a start. It's Regard, yeah. ridiculous. You don't, you don't get that without being good. Yeah, of um, course you don't. Yeah. It's one of those stats which is flawed, but if you're consistently great, it, 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 it it's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me with Ronaldo, um, it is a difficult one because if I was talk, if I was doing it based on who I think is the best, I would have him number two. Um, yeah, I've done it for me. The way I've done it is just I've done it based on greatness, which is ridiculously su- subjective. So is best, but I think it's easier to just go, yeah, he was better than him. Um, mm-hmm. I th- I think greatness, like I s- I've spoken about Cruyff's overall impact impact on the game um his overall legacy um which is you know I'm, I mean, I'm not putting him above Ronaldo so it's not unfair to Ronaldo but perhaps that comes into how I view him in terms of other things but I do still think I do still think he warrants it I've spoken about how Beckenbauer changed the image of um Germany for example I do think these things matter when it comes when it comes to that um as, as much as you know what you've won how many goals you scored what, what you achieved and stuff as well um, I think for me is part of the reason why also I put him a little bit further down is whilst he would be not just in the best team, he's arguably Real Madrid's best ever player, arguably uh, Man United's best ever player, arguably Portugal's best ever player. I'd still put an argument for Eusebio. What a World Cup! What a World Cup he had. <laughs> uh, no, he's Portugal's North best Korea. ever player. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's kind of stat batting. Um, although Ronaldo also had a goal against North Korea, so. A bizarre one. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but no. For me, I I think as mu- as much as he do- he is all of those things. At the same time, there has always been this thing where the team has to facilitate him, um, yeah. and he has always been a little bit of a detraction from the team at times as well. Um, and this is a thing that I kind of can't get over in my head. Um, what he brings definitely, definitely far outweighs the the. Uh, the things that he may cost the team but he is a luxury player and i think um i mean you could argue messi is as well like but i think for example someone like a maradona someone like a pele the other two i've got above him um they're not luxury players they're players who would you know get on the board dictate the game um work hard for the team and everything and you know that's not the only thing that you know that that bumps him down but i think for me that is something that i really really value and it's the way you are perceived, um, 
the overall perception of you that you put out to the world and that's another w area I have I have an issue with Ronaldo it's always about him and so it's not just that it takes away from the team but it's that he actively puts that out there as well um, it's an attitude thing that I just don't like I, I get that a lot of people will see that as unfair as well again if it's if we're just talking the best I would have him number two uh, I think in terms of greatness as much as he's won a lot the World Cup has a huge, huge pull for me. Um, I, I would debate um, Pele and Maradona with Messi as the greatest before he won the World Cup, before I would have debated uh, Ronaldo um, in terms of I mean, Ronaldo's World Cup record is actually, it's it's poor. Uh, yeah. If you look at Zero knockout goals. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, not, you know, not many incredible highlights. Obviously, Spain, I think he's living off the Spain performance. But mm. I will say this, to echo a bit of Garrett's point, Although I do have Ronaldo too, and I don't want to say I hate I hate saying bad words about him as a player because I do I again I think the mess Ronaldo debate oh, yeah, has yeah, poisoned yeah. the 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 you know <laughs> sentiment around these players, but I am a bit there's things about Ronaldo's career that do do disappoint me. I think he was freakishly talented enough to have more of an impact on the overall game and mm. be a benefit to his teammates. He was just he became as his career grew on so obsessed with scoring goals. I think that. Yeah. He could have people. Everyone says, "Oh, did he have tendonitis? You know, why did he stop dribbling so much? Why did he stop doing mm. all these take ons?" It wasn't tendonitis because he can still jump out of the room. You know, there's yeah, clearly yeah, his yeah, knees yeah, are exactly. fine. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it was the fact that I do think that he just wanted to score as many goals as possible. I mm. think part of that. This is getting into wild speculation, but I think especially in that era of Messi and Ronaldo. They were so good and they were putting up such numbers that it seemed like the comparative thing that people would bring up to them is not, well, did you see Messi's impact on the game? Did you see what it was like, did you see how many goals Messi scored this season? Did you have any, see how many goals Ronaldo scored this season? Mm. And in the debate of great players of the time, I think he just really wanted to score, score, score. And again, I think he was I think he was better than that. I think if you look back mm. to his United days when he was playing on the right wing, he was he was phenomenal. He was a great creative player. He would take on players yeah. for fun. I think my favorite season of his is the season they won the Champions League. I believe that was 2007-2008 yeah. uh, when he scored, I think, 42 goals in all competitions. Something and like just watching him in the Premier League, it was this six-foot-plus you know, six foot plus winger who was running around like he was like a prime Eden Hazard, you know, yeah. and then scoring <laughs> goals for fun, getting in the box, towering headers. Uh, I mean, I was in awe of him at that time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, as much as I am – you know, as big of a Messi fanboy as it gets, uh, <laughs> I'm also still, as a player, a Ronaldo fanboy. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. In in that in that that Man United team, he was unbelievable. The early years at Real Madrid as well. Um, I think it's the 13-14 season when they did 100 points. He mm -hmm. was absolutely fantastic. And there was a, a long time where, for me, I I had him above Messi, not overall, um, but in certain years, I would be like. Ronaldo is one of these players who will step up in big moments, whereas Messi mm -hmm. at times, um, it's not that he wouldn't step up, but it's just that like he didn't. It just um, didn't happen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, and when it came to like Ballon d'Or debates and stuff, people would always debate the numbers. I was, I've always been much more like, what have you actually, you know, done when it matters? Uh, smashing goals past Hitafe and Levante, great, great, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but for me it's like in those big moments and there were some years where Ronaldo was absolutely unbelievable and then he would have those big moments as well um but yeah I think for me and it, I don't want this to come across like it's like because I've been trying to justify why I've put him below Maradona Pele and Messi uh whereas I think really it because 
with this list, everyone on it is insane, incredible, one of the greatest of all time. And, and I think there's definitely an argument to put him second, for sure. Like I say, with best, I would. So I don't want it to come across as like I'm trying to take away from him and trying to be like a hater or anything like that. Because even though there's things I don't like about Ronaldo, um, as a player, he's absolutely, <laughs> I mean, top five, arguably top two, you know. But yeah, um, yeah I think just for me, it, it, it is that thing of like he became so obsessed with scoring goals and he didn't have on the biggest grandest stage he never really had that moment he won the euros but he wasn't didn't really play in the final he didn't actually play well that tournament and i was still bitter that portugal beat wales um <laughs> but yeah so i don't know it's hard because it's hard to make the, the argument without just making it sound like i'm just detracting from him which i don't want to do as well because yeah it's he's i think ronaldo's impact will actually it will grow stronger over the years because uh, Mm. i think we're seeing already with this portuguese generation how many good youngster portuguese youngsters are popping up you know Mm. who Mm. idolize ronaldo i think he did although his international resume i think is he's got the most international goals of all time i think it is a little overrated i think that Mm. portugal internationally for the years to come not that they haven't been a powerhouse in the past but you know he has inspired a whole generation of Portuguese. And, I mean, if you ask certain people, the, the the global footprint that Ronaldo currently has, too, is just insane as well, you yeah. know. Um, we've talked a lot about Ronaldo, though, so we'll move on to who just got the benefit of moving up one position due to some <laughs> internal discussions, which is Diego Maradona. For me, the, the person that, like, fostered my love for the sport, I think, mm. you know, Um I've always told the story, but, you know, the reason why I always loved Argentina is because my dad, Maradona, was his favorite player. You know, the 80s for my dad, you know, Maradona defined that era for the sport. So lucky. And, and yeah, you know, how great is that? And, I mean, that was kind of like, yeah. It's funny because the reason I love Maradona is because my dad hated him because of the hand of God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, continue. Um, no, one of my earliest stories, I still remember my dad very animatedly telling the story of that game, of the, he, you know, he puts the ball with his hand, and then everyone's talking about that, it's going to be a stain, but then, you know, not shortly afterwards, he scores the greatest goal of all time, you know, and mm. it's, I mean, Maradona, I think there's never been a player, which is why I always say you could ask me, you could ask me tomorrow and he'd be two on my list, as opposed to three, you know, he mm. always bounces and forth between Ronaldo. I mean the 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 carry jobs he did to use a common you know uh, mm. modern basketball. He just carried his teams. What he did with Napoli, I think, is arguably just as impressive as anything he's ever done in the that World Napoli Cup. That Napoli team you know? was very very underrated. I'm but, sure. I'm totally but, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he put them on the map in a way, sort of in terms also, of you know. Also, they wouldn't have won the league if they, even if they had. I think um, even if you put Zico in there, um, who was okay by that point maybe a little bit past it, but put Prime Zico in there. I don't think he he does quite the same thing, and maybe they don't win the league. That's, yeah. And so, yeah, he still did unbelievable things, but that Napoli team is still super, super underrated. Um, but that is that's a separate conversation. We won't go into it. Yeah. Ultimately, no, but they I mean, didn't, uh, there were better teams in their league at the time. If you take, yeah, it, yeah, so. no, I, yeah, it's it's that that is you know that is the legacy what he could do to lift teams. Obviously, the '86 World Cup. I mean. I would just remember watching the DVDs of him and trying to go out into the, the yard out front and try to do the same move he did. And I couldn't because mm. I'm not Maradona, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I you could. Yeah, Gareth could. Nice little hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I could do that might one. have been able to do that one. Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to get away. With, although I will say 
twice in my playing career I have handballed a sure goal on the line as a defender, blocking the goal, Luis Suarez style, and I've gotten Maradona away with it did both. That as well. I've gotten away with it both times. The ref never called the penalty. Uh, I never got sent off, so maybe I could have. Who knows? But um, yeah, did I mean, I'll hand it over. You pride in yourself when you did that, like a secret, um, sly, like. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't be visibly proud because I think that would have, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. turned the referee on to, you know, my scheme. <laughs> uh, both of the times, it wasn't like the ball was flying at me, and I'm going to handball this because I want to get away with it. It was just so instinctive. I went to the line to cover a shot, and then the ball went. I was thinking it was going to come at me. I was so ready, and then it went a couple feet to my right, and I just stuck my hand out. But uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, I'll let you guys take it on for Maradona, um, Gareth. Let's let's hear your yeah. Thoughts. I mean, again, this is where people listening might, if they were angry about what I was saying about Ronaldo and why I'd have him below Maradona, this is why people might just be like, oh, you're biased because he is my favorite player of all time. Uh, I love Napoli. Love the Argentina national team. Um, like if England go out, and I, I, I this is the thing I don't, I don't care that he handballed against England because I just think <laughs> I, I, I just think if that was me, I would have done the exact same thing. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, he's just my kind of player. Absolutely love him. Just as a, as a personality, um, my kind of player. Not that I would have done all the drugs and had. I'm not that outlandish <laughs> like him. But on the pitch, <laughs> I like to scrap. Um, and I like to just you know, he's kind of inspired everything that you know i love about football and i love when i when playing football i'd always try and do the runs from the halfway line maybe in a little bit of a cristiano ronaldo mentality where i was just like i just want to do this to be maradona maybe so <laughs> and, you know you know sometimes he, he would be like that. so maybe i'm a bit of a hypocrite fair enough <laughs> um but yeah like he was one of those players like um for me uh, it was ronaldinho and maradona when i was growing up. well maradona had obviously retired but I had all DVDs of Maradona and Ronaldinho was the current player. Those two were just so good to watch. That's the personal side of it on on, uh, on for me. Uh, when it comes to Maradona's career, you've mentioned the 1986 World Cup, the greatest World Cup of all time. If we're talking about like peaks, who you want over a tournament in their prime, like, I mean... It's a joke, Maybe isn't if you it? put Messi... Yeah, but maybe if you put Messi in a better team uh, with a better ma- with better managers, maybe then he performs uh, in those World Cups. But Maradona, Pele, those those are the two. Um, Pele in seventy and Maradona eighty six that people always go to. For me, Maradona the best. Um, I think it's five assists and is it five goals as well? And and everyone Sounds talks about right. the England game and everything, but the the, the semi final, the Belgium, Belgium yes. game, oh. he was he was on. Touchable that yeah. game. That might be the greatest World Cup performance of all time. Who knows? James, yeah, let's hear your take. Yeah, his final performance is also quite underrated as well. Just, but I think it that's is. more. It is so underrated. I think that's more to do with what he did the previous two games. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He should have had Christi- a penalty in that game as well. True. Cristiano Ronaldo is the <laughs> ultimate robot. Diego Maradona is the worst alien. That makes sense. This dude is a <laughs> freak of yeah. nature. Like what he could do yeah. with a football is just a joke um his career is so interesting like with argentinos juniors his goal record when he was like 17 is just ridiculous not even a striker um and then he'd go to Boca and that juniors league was it's it's not what it is like today that league was very tough at the time yeah the south american league was fantastic not, at the time yeah and then, not at, like, quite at the gone. level of of europe by that point but yeah still very 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 good yeah he joins Boca does this thing there and what's 
yeah, he goes to Bar- he goes to Barcelona. Uh, I believe Menotti was manager at the time. No, Udo Lartek was manager, uh, the old German manager, as you can imagine, quite strict, disciplinarian. Didn't really get on with him. As Perfect you, as you for Maradona. Perfect <laughs> Maradona. Uh, Maradona essentially, I believe, has a lot of say in getting him sacked, and then Menotti comes in. I think that's I think that's the story anyway. Um, and it's a time that's it's kind of not really mentioned in his career, even though again. He was very good at Barcelona. It's just the great thing about Maradona is controversial moments and it kind of adds to his legacy. A little bit mm-hmm. like Zidane's head, but kind of added to his legacy. Mm. Maradona's had these moments of madness that just makes him even more uh, godlike. That makes sense. He had this Copa del Rey final. What year is it, Gareth? Is it 83? 84. 84. The brawl on the pitch. Yeah, the brawl on the pitch. In front of, in front of the uh, king. Uh, they have they have to get <laughs> is it King Alfonso I believe they have to get yeah. rid of Maradona he goes to Napoli for a world record fee which I believe Napoli had to ask the mayor of Naples to like fund it because it was like because obviously this is Napoli we're talking about never won yeah. a league title very you know, they were decent but they were nothing outrageous mm. um, yeah. and what he does with that team it's just outrageous wins two um, Serie A titles wins a UEFA Cup which. I don't know why he doesn't really get mentioned very often. In his comparison. performance in that final. Yeah. He's, inv- he's involved in four of the five goals. His headed assist is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, like, this yeah. dude is ridiculous. How many World Cups did he play? Was it 82, 86, 1994? Yep. In 82, he was phenomenal too, but they absolutely kicked him off the yeah. pitch. He was yeah, the most know, foul they, player in World Cup history. And then he kicked, who was it? He kicked one of the Brazilian uh, lads. Batista. I mean, Batista, yeah. I think his name was. Yeah. Funnily Dave. enough. Day. yeah the animal <laughs> um, <laughs> and even the way he ends it like night four Greece scores a goal his eyes are popping out of his head yep <laughs> I wonder why yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gets sent that home is, that is something that's... we should probably speak about yeah it's, it probably it's the, is the doping and, and to be fair I don't think all the cocaine helped all that much um no i wouldn't no, i wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it, it. And all yeah. the partying, but the doping later in the in the years is something that i think people would use to take away from his legacy if we're talking about greatest of all time um i just think that's boring but if it was yeah, ronaldo I, I probably would make that point i mean so i will acknowledge that Maybe he almost ronaldo, won two ronaldo. back-to-back world cups too yeah awful team that argentina team was awful yeah yeah england, england would have beaten them if they got to the final 100%. The, the assist for the goal against Brazil is one of my favourite assists of all time. He does a lovely little run, uh, plays it through to what's-his-face, forget his name, it's escaping uh, me. Uh, yeah, and then uh, he goes and scores the goal, but it's just such a beautiful assist. Uh, the carry job he did in, in that 1990 uh, World Cup is arguably more impressive than the one in 86. It's not and nobody be- talks it's about not, it. Yeah, it's no. not better, but it's arguably um, more impressive. Um... Yeah, I think that's the thing for me with Maradona and Ronaldo is the way he would drag these lesser sides. I don't want to say they're, mm-hmm. you know, terrible, um, but because obviously they were decent teams. That 86 Argentina team was a good team. They were good players. But um, ultimately, again, if you replace Ronaldo, uh, sorry, if you replace Maradona with another top level player, they don't win that World Cup. Um, uh, can, I, can, I, can I put in, Gareth? Go ahead, yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, with if you watch... Ronaldo's performances—they're not—they're not interesting unless he scores. 
uh, and like we said earlier, at times they were, you know. Yeah, yeah, his were. career went on, yeah. yeah. They, they stopped being. Yeah, they yeah. stopped. But it's like Maradon and these other two players we're going to go on about. You just watch them and you're seeing the whole game. Mm. Um, and 1986 World Cup, it's kind of, I think Messi had a greater pressure in 2022. Because mm, absolutely, that was, like a, yeah. that was like a worldwide pressure, whereas 86 was more of an Argentina pressure. Uh, the they 70- weren't expected. They didn't have great expectations going to that uh, World Cup. More, I think, right? It's more of the 78 World though. Cup. It's yeah, more okay. of the 70. Because, like, European sides didn't win in like, mm-hmm. the continent. So they had a good chance. It was, it was Germany in 2014 who finally broke that streak. Yeah. Um, and that 86 World Cup, because of what happened in 78, he had that pressure. And what he did, especially the pressure would have grown and grown and grown. And it's just outrageous what he did, really. Speaking of World Cup performances, um, we'll move on to number two, which is Pele. So I'll be honest, I had Pele fourth on my list. I did have him fourth. Uh, one of the big reasons is I'm one of those people who believes in the fact that uh, he's he's top five. Again, he could he could be third, he could be thing. It, it always kind of changes for me, um, apart from number one. But uh, I just think he was the benefit of, you know, phenomenal Brazil sides as well. I mean, there was a World Cup where he got injured. They won anyways. You know, yeah. he was, yeah, yeah. He was uh, but I mean, he's Pele, you know. I, uh, I actually, I don't want to start off with disrespect because I think the world of him too. But mm-hmm. so I'll let, I'll let you guys go on. Uh, James, where did you have Pele on your list? So I was always unsure where to rank Pele until I listened to a podcast um, relatively recently. And something kind of, it kind of clicked in me. Pele was the first global superstar of a non-global mm-hmm. game. Mm. The game wasn't global when Pele was like first made it. And after yeah. that 58 World Cup, he was everywhere. Everyone knew who Pele was. And even at 17, I he didn't play the first two games in the 58 World Cup. And the other players were begging the coach to play him. Like, he's a 17-year-old kid. Mm. And then he goes and scores against Wales, um, France, Sweden in the final. Wales would have won that World Cup if not. (laughs) Yes, I agree. If John John John, Charles played, he would have. John Chizzy. Oh, could have done it. Hereford legend. With his brother Mal and Ivor (laughs) Allchurch. Great team. Big Ivor. Wouldn't give me an interview. (laughs) Unlucky. One of the old churches. (laughs) This team, like, the team is fantastic. Of course it is. But when Pele is the main talking point of these teams, you know how great he is. And what I love about yeah, him, that's fair. He he left on a high, like he he could have played in another World Cup, but he finished the seventy World Cup. I think he played a few friendlies after, but that was it. He left on a high, keep them wanting more, end on the greatest legacy possible, and he's that's he's won three World Cups. No one else has done that. Mm. Don't say Zikala. I will say before we go on. Mario Before Zikana we go on to Gareth, I just want to say this one thing too. I think you know how I talked about before with the Messi Ronaldo bit debate kind of poisoning the image of someone. Mm-hmm. I think as a child, my fierce love for Maradona kind of poisoned some of my <laughs> yes. images for Pele. Where I looked to sort of detract from his greatness, which is let's speak more about its greatness with Gareth. Yeah. I was I was a little bit similar as well. I remember um hearing the story of when he scored his one thousandth goal and then he picks the <laughs> ball up and, and the media rushes onto the pitch. And as a child I just thought Oh, you arrogant prick! Because <laughs> I liked, I love Maradona, you know. But he was realistically, so. he that was a little arrogant. He, he you was. have to be. You yeah. have to be to yeah. be that good. Well, not even yeah. a little bit. You hear the interviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, he scored all those goals in his back garden as well. How could you not? Yeah, be? that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. In all in all seriousness, he does have over a thousand legitimate goals. Um, so fair play. Um, 
which is one thing that shows his consistency over so many years to be that mm-hmm. fantastic. Like you said, James, the first global superstar. Um, that first World Cup is unbelievable. The second one is a, is a great shame because it would have been lovely to see him and Prime Grincha play That was probably together. Prime Pele yeah. as well, 62. Yeah, well, that was when he won the two um, Copa Libertadores and then obviously won the two international, I forget exactly what it's called, but when Be they Benfica. played Benfica yeah. and Milan... Yeah, um, and just tore Benfica away from home. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things as well. Yeah, that's Mm. fine. Um, Mm -hmm. The rivalry, I use quotation marks because uh, they love each other, but between him and uh, Eusebio was was a great thing with Pele uh, smashing him in that first game, um, Eusebio getting his own back in, in the World Cup in 66, and then they met in uh, in what was it called the American League? I forget what it was called in those days. NASL. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And they met there, and I think Eusebio actually got the better of him. I think, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, just a really funny little story that, that I love. Um, but yeah, no, um, early sixties is is his prime. Um, so that would have been that would have been. People say like, you know, he's only won two World Cups because that one doesn't count because he was injured. He played the first couple games. Um, and they would have won it even better if he had played. So just yeah, let him have yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> um, what happened in 66 again he got kicked off which was a massive shame not for England because you know go and win win the World Cup which he would have won anyway <laughs> even though you know we arguably didn't win deserve to win a couple of those other games arguably, came home yeah came came home um, but arguably <laughs> yeah. um, the referee favoured us against uh, Argentina and then there you know some questionable things in other games but you know that, that didn't happen uh, we won the World Cup and it would have happened even against Pele as well but then that 70 World Cup is obviously the one everyone goes to and with good reason um, all the doubts going into that World Cup with the, the managerial fiasco, um, the, the state I spoke about with uh, with um, Beckenbauer and the state that uh, Germany was in uh, in terms of their identity. For Brazil, they were going through a military dictatorship. It was an absolute mess. And a criticism of Pele that a lot of people have is obviously that he didn't really stand up to that military dictatorship, actually met with a dictator. Some people said he kind of allowed himself to become a bit of like a, a propaganda tool at times really in his mind he was staying out of it and it was just meet, like meeting the president for any other country so that's how he sees it um but everything going into that world cup you know a lot of people turned on him because of that um but ultimately everyone wanted brazil to win the world cup and then to deliver it in the manner that they did as a team but then also as an individual because he did score i think four goals but i think he got seven assists it was the way that he kind of would control games uh, there's this amazing performance. I urge everyone to go and find. Uh, there's this website actually. Well, I'll give you the website. Uh, it's called Football Ia. Football So Football Ia dot net. Uh, loads of old games you can find. Brazil versus Uruguay. Pele absolutely stinks it up first half. He's atrocious. Second half is absolutely <laughs> fantastic, unbelievable. Um, and it was just like an amazing turnaround uh, menta- mentally to be able to do that. Um, absolutely stink it out and then come out and just be like, no, I'm not going to allow this. I'm going to go and make sure we win it. The dummy as well. Yeah, the dummy with the <laughs> with the miss at the end. He deserved the goal <laughs> for that for a second half. But um, yeah, uh, just an unbelievable tournament and then obviously fantastic in the final scores the opening goal and then obviously gets the assist which okay it's just a pass to the side and a great strike from Carlos Alberto but that team is just unbelievable and he was the beating heart of it just yeah uh, yeah the, the, the way he ran games too you know yeah, the way that he exactly. was all over the pitch he was another one of those players I think that played at his own pace too and he was just yeah you know what you know what is interesting to uh, a lot of these players 
Pele was so technically good, but he was also like a freak athlete too. Mm-hmm. He was just like stronger than everyone. Yeah. You couldn't get him off the ball. Have you which seen I the, think is the dribble against Uruguay as well, which I think is like one of the few yeah. good things he does. Actually, that might be the second start of the second half. I can't remember. I'm not sure. No, I. It might I, be the moment. I think actually, I think that's the moment uh, that the game kind of changes from. There's this crazy dribble. It's like from the halfway line to uh, just outside the box, and then he ends up getting fouled. But yeah, it's just it's it's one of those great moments where it's like it didn't really end with anything, but just beautiful stuff. Do, do yeah, when I think of Pele, sorry, sorry, but when I think of Pele, I just think of again one of those. I think he perfectly embodies the term based on what I've read from defenders who played against him of a force of nature. Like mm. he was just getting past you in every which way and dominating you, technically and physically, and obviously his record in the World Cups. I mean, it speaks for itself. James, you were going to say something. Sorry, uh, that Brazil side. What's so great about it? Usually there's like a side that you want to win because they play really good football and they never win. Like Netherlands is the perfect, mm. like the prime example. Mm. Yeah. Brazil are like the only side to play beautiful football and actually win. Because usually tournament football, you have to play a bit of dogged football, drag it out, whatever. Spain mm-hmm. were boring These, as well because people bring yeah, up Spain. Spain. Boring. actually really boring. Yeah. yeah. But this Brazil side plays such like phenomenal football and their football is ahead of their time. And Pele was the beating heart of it which just mm. adds to that legacy. Like, he actually won it playing beautiful football. I think also another thing we have to mention is because one thing people often use against Pele is I played in South America. Yep. South American football was, like, on par with European football, if mm-hmm. not ahead of it. Um, a lot. It, there were some great European leagues, but it was undoubtedly top three leagues in the world at the time. People debate on whether it actually was the best. Um, you know, you can have that debate, but then he also he went and smashed all the European teams whenever he played them. Anyway, exactly. So yep. He's got like a, I think like a hundred of his goals come in um, games against European teams, the best European teams. So there you go. Well, let's move on to someone who was first on all of our lists. I think his <laughs> name has already come up a few times. I mean, Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah. What a Your player, defense man. is in trouble. I mean, that goal um, against Manchester United. To, <laughs> to win Arsenal, that, that was the moment that won Arsenal the league. You know. <laughs> Hopefully we can look back and say that. And I mean, <laughs> to be honest, we could talk about Eddie Nketiah here because what more is there to say about Messi? You know, like yeah. I, I don't think I could sit here and say anything revolutionary. Anybody who knows me knows that Messi is, uh, like I always say I would never cry or act starstruck if i met a celebrity but if i met messi i think that would be the one i mean he's just he's just everything to me in terms of a Mm. you know in terms of an icon and uh speaking of you know teams that that uh played well and won i actually think this 2022 argentina team is a bit underrated in the way they play football as well and i think messi against the, the beating heart of that i mean we're talking about this a couple months out from him winning the world cup so his stocks are at an all time high which i love to see because i will say the years leading up to the Copa America, following the 2016 Champions League, or their la- his last Champions League win, 2015? 2015. Um, yeah. yeah, 2015. It was, uh, I mean, Messi was always messy, but in terms of optics and trophies, it was tough. People were clowning on him. They had a lot of European failures for Barcelona. Obviously, Argentina in the 2016 Copa America, 2018 World Cup, and then the 2019 Copa America. You know, they, they bow out. More people are giving this chorus of sort of disapproval of him. And I think that not only just topping off your legacy, but to turn around the sentiment in terms of your Argentina career is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen done in sports. So, mm. I mean, yeah, that's that's my piece on Messi. You guys can – I assume yeah. you're going to call um, him good, I hope. Yeah, we can – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's up there. One, one thing about Messi is, like, 
they say, oh, Ronaldo's more clutch. Messi's not very clutch. Oh how, my gosh! Yeah. How how can you be how can you be more clutch than Ronaldo when you are the one creating the chances? I <laughs> I think that yeah I think that Messi is also like incredibly clutch too. I think when mm. it comes to like clutch moments, I think there was again the the stocks or the perception of Messi for a while was was really poor. But I think I mean watching him for Barcelona in uh, year in year, I mean the amount of times that guy just showed up yeah. when they needed him most. Mm. I mean his record. An uh, underrated thing about Messi is the dominance that Barcelona had in the league during that period. I mean, if yeah, you look yeah, at Ronaldo's yeah. career, not to turn this into a Messi Ronaldo thing, but he only won two, two La Ligas, yeah. and that's because Barcelona were so dominant, and Barcelona were so dominant because of Messi. You know, obviously, it's a great team. You have Xavi, you have Iniesta. Obviously, towards the end of that period, they start tapering off. Um, but Messi was the constant. He played with multiple different teams, multiple different managers. Also, the quality of his managers is a bit, you know, he didn't he didn't play under the yeah. greatest managers at all time too. He elevated other managers' careers, you know. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, he's messy. Gareth, what do you have to say? First thing, I think he did play under the greatest manager at one point, but yeah, in other yeah, in ab- other periods, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in yeah. other periods, um, no, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, the one thing, like for me, Messi is like I've had like an interesting relationship with how I view Messi because when he f- was first breaking on the scene absolutely loved him he was like this new Maradona and obviously I love Maradona and so it's like great this is going to be I'm going to get to enjoy a player like Maradona who probably goes on and achieves the same things ultimately he went on to achieve more um uh yeah and and I I, I loved him and that kind of lasted up until about 2011 um and then I enjoyed all the, that great team um but then he got I think he got, I think what it was is he got too good. And I was like, no, this isn't <laughs> fair anymore. I'm sick of this. I want someone, I want to enjoy someone else. And I think I just kind of like turned on him a little bit. Um, and I think that happened to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. That, that Although I, I didn't turn on him in like favor of Ronaldo or anything. I, I wanted them, I kind of, there was a period where I hated them both. I was like, you two go away. That was when everyone else was like, well, these two are well, so lucky. I was just like, oh, screw you. I just want, like, I just want Iniesta to pop up. and Messi scored score four against us again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that, true. Yeah. That definitely didn't help when he was destroying Arsenal every time. <laughs> yeah, that definitely didn't help. Um, but, yeah, and I think also it, part of it annoyed me is, like, he was, like, 23, 24, even 22, and people called him the greatest of all time. I was like, come on, he's not he's not done what Maradona did. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, I was, like, angry about that as well. But I was also, you know, teenager at the time just you know going through all my nonsense um anyway it comes to about um after the 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 treble with um enrique barcelona there's a drop-off and i started to then really appreciate when because like barcelona had this incredible team and there was a part of me it was like yeah he's great he's great but he's playing with this incredible team he's never been truly tested he bottles with argentina i'd say all those things um but then like argentina uh sorry well argentina actually got a little bit better but um but Barcelona kind of dropped off um, yep. a little bit, and he he w- there were still some great players, but he really started carrying them, especially in like you get to like 2018 kind of years and yeah. 2018 2019 season could have been the greatest individual yes. season of all time. I think yeah. I think it still has an argument for that. What do a couple games make? But in terms of yeah. legacy wise, and I watched I was the second like when it all went downhill. <laughs> oh no, I watched it, uh, James. I have been scarred from that that moment, so I hadn't watched. I haven't even watched the highlights of he that was, game. I never wanted to watch it on again. The pitch. He was. So <laughs> I recently, the UEFA TV app, you can watch full games back mm-hmm. on it, and you know, I Chromecast it to my TV, 
And I think him winning the World Cup has healed a lot of wounds for me. Now everything <laughs> yeah, was just yeah. part of the plan. So I could go back and sit down and watch that. I watched it again, and uh, uh, man, it was uh, tough. But he was so good. He was so good if, still. If that wasn't against Liverpool, I would be in the same boat as you, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> It's yeah. a, it's, it's a, it's a damaging do, do, thing. Do you, just... um, do you remember that season? Like the season before that, Barcelona away from home were tragic. Yeah, like, I mean they they've been terrible away from home for a while now. Even yeah. still, <laughs> yeah. and like they, they benched Messi. Luis Suarez's that's part, it. Right? They had um, yeah. they had that yeah. season, didn't they? They were going undefeated all the way. Then they played Levante, didn't play Messi, lost five four. They they that, <laughs> that was, was yeah. So they were going to go invincible, so and you know why they didn't play him is because they had a charity or sort of a friendly engagement that week. So they had a friendly engagement that was a contractual obligation with big financial considerations. So Messi had to play that game. So he plays that game, and then Valverde rests him against Levante, and they they lose five four. And I'm was like, Manuel Boateng has got a hat trick. Something stupid like that. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know that game. I, as well, I was he? actually, I will be honest. And Su- Suarez had a really good end to that game. Um, mm. I was seething watching that game. That might have been one of the most angry that I've been because I knew that they were on the press, going invincible, you know. And not only going invincible, Messi was so clutch. That match against Sevilla that season, he was was just the the definition of clutch. I think so, the the free kick at the end against Villarreal, right? Is that what you're talking about? Um, Where he just puts that in the top corner. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that season hurts me. But like I said, the World Cup, the World Cup healed all the wounds. It meant the World Cup really meant a lot for my mental can, health. Um, can I just? I remember how like stressed, my... like speaking to you before that World Cup, and how stressed you I were. Was... Like, going well, I watched, uh, I watched the Croatia match again recently too, and the the, the feelings of stress came back to me because now I'm looking at it with like sort of rose tinted glasses. You know, he yeah. won, but I was I was a bundle of nerves for a whole month for thirty days. Um, yeah. Sorry, James. Is there an argument that Messi's had the greatest international career of all time? Considering there's, how, there's definitely considering an argument now. Absolutely. How, how it started, how it was going. Like it, it peaked, got to World Cup final, lost. Was a 2014 player of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had those Copper America disasters. He retires. It's all going down. Everyone hate everyone on team. Doesn't don't hate Messi, but it's like Maradona's better. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, at like 35, he has that Copper America. Has that finalissima. Which I was like so fortunate to see, and it's like unreal. Yeah, you're lucky. Unreal, yeah. <laughs> and then has this World Cup that just there's like a select few can compare. Well, even you said the Copa America disasters, which are disasters because they lost and the, all the pressure. But I mean, the, the the finals that he made in a row, those are mm. I think those are yeah. you know benefits to his resume as well. You know, those Copa Americas where he they they yeah. just fell short to. In Chile, man, damn no, that, that yeah. team. Which I, I am happy for Chile that they've gotten you know these these uh, these wins on their record, and for Alexis Sanchez as well. But but yeah, he the goals he scored. Well, he's the top South American goal scorer of all time. Which I will say, I mean, he's played a lot of games, but I mean, he's mm. messy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's got an argument. I I, I would agree with yeah. And that yeah. 2022 World Cup will age very very well as well yeah. in terms of his performances because again I watched Croatia again and that was sort of like a match because it was so simple for them where all their other matches were so fraught with tension you know mm. that it's kind of like dropped off when you're talking about these great moments from him uh, and that World Cup I, he was just so good that game so I, I one of those it, games I where you stack up them. like the, I yeah. think it helped them they lost the first game I really do yeah. oh absolutely yeah. absolutely. Although it would have been cool if they had the unbeaten record, but uh, hey, yeah, they they ended I'll take the, a World Cup over the, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, 
Yeah, that that's an interesting discussion. Who's had the greatest international career of all time? We won't go into it, but I think he's certainly in there. That eight-year period from 2014 World Cup finishing at the 2022 World Cup. And the thing is, he's not done yet. He wants to go and win another Copper. So I hope 2024 he does. USA, you guys yeah. coming? Uh, yeah, man, I would that. love to. I'd love to. Um, a, a, a USA, a, a host city for that one? Uh, uh, I mean, we don't know yet. Uh, we don't know yet. I, I think it might be tough. Soldier it's not Field for the World Cup, is it? They, yeah, they refused. Yeah. Um, so annoying. Soldier Field is... I So I watched Messi at the 2016 Copa America Centenario. I watched mm. his game against Panama uh, where he was injured. He was coming off injury, and then he came on, and he scored a hat trick in 30 minutes. I mean, for me, it's like I need some of those matches at Soldier Field again because they were some of the greatest matches I've, I've ever seen. You know, mm. obviously, I went to every match in Chicago. Chicago had the semifinal. I saw uh, Chile versus Colombia, which was a, a terrible game, but <laughs> interesting in its terribleness, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I hope Chicago gets one. It might be tough, though. Soldier Field is not doesn't have the great greatest public perception. It's very logistically tough to get into. It's mm. one of the smallest major stadiums in the U.S., and – the Chicago Bears are building a huge complex in Arlington that I don't think will be completed by then. Mm. Uh, Arlington's a city. Um, uh, I was thinking Texas. Close to Chicago. Yeah, Arlington. I mean, I think that's going to be probably the World Cup final. Um, but, yeah, I hope Chicago gets it. If it does, come on by, guys, because I'm, d- I'm down the road for Soldier Field. It'll be a great time. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the best to do that. But, yeah, so he's not, he's not done yet. But um, one thing I wanted to just, I guess, to end – has someone got a, an echo on? Just oh, it's I'm probably hearing me, it. Yeah. No worries. Okay. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to just end this conversation on Messi, because as you said, Asim, there's like only so much you can say about this guy. He's the greatest mm-hmm. of all time. I think everyone with an objective viewpoint at this point has to accept that. I think we just have to accept it and move on from any kind of debate because it is just disrespectful at this point, I think, to debate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the only th- only person I think is in with, with the conversation is Pele, and that's what part of why I put him a second, just because of like wh- what he did uh, in in the World Cups and then absolutely smashing it in his era. If we're not talking about the difficulties of different eras, anyway. But I I think I think ultimately it is Messi. We have to accept that. But what I wanted to go ahead, go ahead before we. No, no, no. I'll let you finish your point. I'll do my last point afterwards too. Okay. okay. Uh, well, what I thought we could all do is just give our favorite Messi performance that isn't like a final or anything, because obviously the World Cup final is just um, unreal. For me, I can't remember what year it is. I think it's 2018, away against Chelsea. I think he scored oh, twice, yeah. and mm-hmm. he just ran that game. Barcelona were atrocious, and he just literally, it was him. And that yeah. was one of the moments, one of the performances where I was like, I have to start appreciating this guy again and stop being a weird little hater. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. I wish it had changed earlier than that, but I'm glad it did change then because then, you know, I, I got the, all, all the good bits and I got to hate him through all the bits where he was kind of go on, on the, you know, those disappointing copper losses, the world cup final loss. Although I wanted Argentina to win that, but not for him, just for Maradona. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, for me, it's that Chelsea performance is not the best, but my favorite for personal reasons, and it was just ridiculous. James, yours? Real Madrid Tough to think Barcelona, of on the spot, right? But 2006-07, baby Messi, oh, oh, yeah. against Capello's Real, yeah. scores yeah. a hat-trick at the Bernabeu. Big hattie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I will say, James, uh, you took my you took my team game. I'll, I'll pick the same as you. Well, let me try and think, but while I'm thinking, I'll say this. Uh, I mean, for me, I feel like it 
watching Messi has been like the greatest like sporting joy I've had because, I mean, we talk about it, Gareth. You know, Messi had that sky high expectations, but I've only become to appreciate how lucky it was that I <laughs> I picked this guy as like my horse as a best, my favorite player when I was a kid because how many other great talents even just from Barcelona have come and just never fulfilled their expectations, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Messi, I think that's what we like something that's just so impressive. He had the world on his shoulders, you know. He had the, probably the biggest expectations you could have for a youngster in terms of equating you to Maradona. The expectation was that he would win a World Cup. Mm. You know, it wasn't like a he's good enough. This guy might do it. It was like he has yeah, to. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he just absolutely delivered. And I think one thing that doesn't get spoken about enough because I say we could say everything we want to say about Messi. One thing he doesn't get enough credit for is his growth because everyone says Ronaldo. The, the age old talk about, I think it's BS, but like Messi was just naturally gifted. Ronaldo mm. had to work for it. You know, it, that's yeah. stupid. But one thing that Messi was not naturally good at and he had to work at was being a leader. And mm. I think his growth as a leader doesn't get spoken about enough. What he did with this Argentina team in terms of, you know, the inspiration he had for these youngsters, reframing the narrative around the expectations for Argentina. That's where it's like it's almost even more impressive, you know. He was always naturally gifted, but he grew into this phenomenal leader. Yeah. Uh, for my favorite game, let me try and think of another one outside of that hat trick performance. It would probably be a. Ch- I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I mean, Three, Croatia two, stands out Royale. just because. But it's good that last minute winner, maybe. The last minute winner was good, yeah. Except the one that the sour the thing that soured me for that was that I was just like they didn't win the league that year, and I was pessimistic mm. on their chances too. Like. Real Madrid, I think, was still they they narrowed it, but they were still ahead. So I was super happy, but I was I've always been a sober mode of a twenty eleven fan at the Bernabeu uh, semi final. Yes, that Bayern that Munich, was incredible. Maybe. You know what? It actually, I will pick Bayern Munich only because I'll tell this one story. We'll we'll end it at this. I was in a lecture in college, and I had to run to the game. I I finished it. My like we had a like a worksheet we had to do. It was one of those discussion ones. I finished it, and me and my friend we ran. I was on campus to like the main campus building where everyone would hang out at uh, in the basement. And I figured they'd be playing the game there. I checked and I walk into this room of just like, I think it was like 20 Bayern fans. <laughs> and then there was like me and my friend and like two other Messi fans and the Bayern fans they were just so cocky. They were talking so much crap. And in front of all of them, we got to see Messi do what he did. Drop Boateng like that. <laughs> It was, and I kept quiet. I'll be honest. I was in the back of the room. I didn't want to draw their ire. But seeing the disappointment, and there was Madrid fans there too as well, uh, who were wearing their Madrid jerseys, which was funny. So I think that that performance gave me a lot of joy as as someone uh, you know sitting there and watching the Bayern fans' hope melt from their face right in front of me. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. That's a good one. Nice. But yes, this is our list. So just to recap, we had starting from 14th, Suarez. Platini, R9, Xavi, Herd Muller, Maldini, Di Stefano, Zidane, Beckenbauer, <laughs> Cruyff, Maradona, oh, sorry, Ronaldo in the fourth, uh, CR7, Maradona in third, second is Pele, and first is Messi. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, um, and we'll see you on the next one. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Rohan. Can you leave a five-star <laughs> review? <laughs> I have loved every minute news. of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, how do I – is there some way that I, like, properly end this, or do I just hit leave or, like –
I don't want. I want to make sure. Want to drop wrong kind of message? Yeah. <laughs> just like no Quite, shot. I probably should have asked this earlier, but does it automatically record? Yeah. Cool. Yep. I, you don't have to hit anything. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Where do you think Van Basten would have ended on your list as if he had I never been I thought about in? it, but I quickly disregarded it. It would have been a nice cheeky one, right? Uh, I did also, the same thing. What but... about Eusebio? I, you say, to... I don't know much enough about Eusebio. I wanted personally. to put Eusebio on there. He's one yeah. of my favorite players of all time. It's just tricky, isn't it? I just, yeah. He doesn't have the international legacy. Obviously, he was, he was great, but he didn't win anything. And then also... I think it, it just doesn't quite live up to some others. But he's unbelievable. If you, you can get some like footage of him and stuff. He's unbelievable to watch. Uh, Van Basten, I probably don't put him top 25. I think it was unreal for his peak. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't think his overall legacy. Like, there's a lot of players where I like, because he's an attacking player, like, I would put a lot of defenders above him, get some midfielders in there. If we're going to put some goalies in there, I'd throw, you know, a nice little Neuer in there. Yeah, May, uh, so sure. like I he says, you say stop recording. How where do I hit stop recording? Do you guys see that somewhere? Does someone else have that um, power? Nope. I I see the recording bit, but when you click that, it doesn't say. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin this. Although this is this was a long episode. We went. Yeah, in. <laughs> we got carried away. Um, <laughs> I blame Wronghan for ditching us. He he should he should know better than to leave us. Yeah, that's conversation true. Like this. That's true. Oh, here he is, Wronghan. That was a long episode, Rohan. Rohan. We're sorry, we went in. That's give us, so give us crazy. your top ten. No, that's good. That's good. I'm just surprised. I was wondering. I was about to text the Zom. I was like, I was like, no shot. They're still recording. I'm, I'm gonna text. Yeah, we're still recording. <laughs> I should have been in bed like two hours ago. I've got to be up at seven. Yeah, <laughs> I actually got to run too. It's seven forty-five. Yeah. Um, do you know how to? Where is the stop recording button? Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you guys Bye. so Lovely much. Lovely to speak to you as always. Yeah, as always. Can we do this every day, please? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, all right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Ciao, bella. Bye.